baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, I am in the basement of a bookstore for this week's Roaming St. Louis episode. I'm with Daniel Wright, who's the events coordinator for Dunaway Books on South Grand. He's also a poet, he tells me. I'm curious about the poetry part. In this day and age, do you write like modern type of poetry, or are you a throwback kind of poet? Uh, I guess you would call what I do modern. I mean, writing a poem in the style of you know, Lord Byron or Tennyson wouldn't go over as well with the modern audience as, you know, <laughs> what one may like. Yeah. Well, we are surrounded by books, no surprise, since we're in a bookstore. Mm. Do you have any idea how many books are in this store? Oh, I think uh, we have about 80,000 on hand. Uh, is that a lot? I mean, um, it was, we don't have... Uh, Barnes and Noble size right. places anymore. It's all kind of smaller bookstores. Is that mm-hmm. a lot of books for a small bookstore? Uh, it's kind of like on the upper side of things, you know, especially for just you know one particular uh, bookstore that's kind of a mom and pop you know operation. I mean, uh, Dunaway Books has existed since 1965, and we've been in this location since 2004. Um, but you know, we've steadily grown over the years, especially uh, after the uh, current owners uh, took over in uh, 2017. What is the appetite like for people wanting actual books versus using a Kindle? Oh, it's it's incredibly high. I mean, j- just like you know, with you know, uh, streaming music. I mean, that's cool, but there's something special about holding physical media in your hand because there's more of an intimate experience with it, I, I think. And even if it's, you know, comfort food, if you've read the book like 20 million times, you know, you, th- there's something about holding um, physical media in your hand that, you know, as you know, great as, you know, Kim- Kindles or streaming services may be, you really can't match that. Yeah, I agree with that. And for a long time, I eschewed uh, Kindle media, stuff like that. I was, I got to have a book in my hand. I got to have a paperback in my hand. I've gotten used to the Kindle and I do like it for several reasons, but there is no substitute for a good old fashioned paper book that you can squeeze in your hand while you're laying down on the couch. (laughs) Right. Um, Do you have a specialty in this place or is it just general uh, books of all kinds? We basically take in, you know, most anything so long as it's in good condition. Uh, We do uh, kind of pride ourselves on having a huge collection of uh, antiquarian and rare books. Uh, As you'll see, you know, upstairs we have some amazing books under glass that like I still don't know how the heck we got some of these. You know, a prime example is like at one point we had an autographed first edition of Slaughterhouse-Five. Wow. And, you know, had had it not been under glass, I probably would have drooled all over it. <laughs> so, um, but like we have, yeah, like a first edition, you know, Stephen King. We have a signed Robert Frost. We have something signed by the Dalai Lama himself. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know how we get lucky to get all of these books in, but we do. And so, yeah, like we have like, Rare antique books, but we also have, you know, a little bit of everything because while that stuff may be cool, um, the average person on the street is not going to be able to uh, 
to afford a book signed by the Dalai Lama. Well, how much does that go for? Uh, it's about, well, uh, we have that book um, at about eight grand. Whew. Yeah, that's not a that's not a small expense. No, no and and the book itself is huge as well. Um, is that the most expensive one you guys have had, or uh, mm, it goes higher than that? We we've had books a bit higher than that in the past, uh, and people have bought them. And, you know, in fact, some of the uh, rare books we have, um, we've been able to sell them because we sell and ship all over the world. That actually helped us a lot through, you know, COVID when we were we were closed uh, to the public for about 18 months from 2020 to early 2020, about mid 2021. And those sales of like antique books really helped keep us in cornflakes when we were we didn't know one day to the next what was going to be going on. Well, what was your strategy during the pandemic to, to stay open? I mean, not only is it hard for any business to stay open, you're a bookstore in a time when there aren't any bookstores. So right. I was wondering what, what you guys did to besides the antique books. Well, we were offering a curbside pickup. And one thing that we uh, found during the pandemic was people actually used this time to actually catch up on reading. Like we would like, come in and we would see like, 30 orders at the beginning of the day, about half of them were curbside pickup orders of people just going onto our website, ordering a book. Because we've given so much love to the neighborhood and we care so much about the neighborhood, the neighborhood gave that love back to us, you know, during the pandemic. Who was your competition? Who do you compete with? Do you compete with Amazon? Or is that, is well, that I mean, Amazon... We, we don't really directly compete with anyone because, you know, we we love all the other indie bookstores that are in this city. The best way that we can d- describe an- Amazon is it's a necessary evil. Um, it unfortunately, you know, gives us the most amount of eyes looking at our catalog. But at the same time, if you get too successful, they do start to put the screws to you a little bit. How do they do that? Uh it's I, I don't know if I have enough time to go into all oh, that, um, but like they'll make weird claims. Like one time they said that they had to take one of our books um, offline because they considered it. And I kid you not a rhino aphrodisiac. What? I don't know how or in what sense. I don't, I don't even know what that is. Not, you, you know what? That makes two of us. Um, but yeah, like they'll say uh, there's a copyright on a book when there's not a copyright. They'll you know, say, uh, hey, somebody bought a book when that book has already been sold three years ago. Uh, it, weird things like that. And they'll try to make offers to buy an IP of a bookstore just so they can put that IP on one of their warehouses. So it makes them look like, oh, yeah, you're buying from an independent bookstore when really it's an Amazon warehouse. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of like the kind of stuff that goes on. So basically what you're saying from the perspective of Dunaway Books, Little Bookshop at St. Louis, Amazon is the evil empire. Uh, like I said, it's a necessary evil. <laughs> Because, you know, they do give us a lot more um, eyes looking on our catalog. But, yeah, it's it, it's a weird love-hate relationship with them um, because they do help us out. But also 
they sometimes put the screws to you when you least expect. And that ends the first half of our conversation with Daniel Wright at Dunaway Books. As we continue roaming St. Louis, let's get to part two, where he talks about the World Naked Bike Ride. It's an unusual combination, a bookstore and that event, but it happened. Well, uh, it came about because um, the owners had come back from a funeral and they had invited some family members to just kind of get together and just kind of be with each other while they're, you know, drinking wine and just, you know, kind of dealing with, you know, the loss they felt. All of a sudden, Naked Bike Ride goes going by. Ten minutes of just naked people on their bicycles just going by. And it's like, what? And and I, uh, because I had friends who were in it, I had to tell them what was going on. Uh, and so they decided to kind of make it just sort of like an annual thing every year. Uh, they'll invite people to the bookstore you know they're welcome like we'll have food prepared and everything and people will just have like a lovely sort of fun evening and you said you mentioned other indie bookstores in st louis do you guys talk is there like a community group online chat uh no unfortunately not but um like for example if we don't have a book we know that like left bank may have it or hammond's books down on cherokee street may have it or, you know, the book house uh, out in Maplewood. So, I mean, you know, we, we definitely want to send people, like if we don't have a book, we definitely want another local bookstore to get that money and get that sale because we're all in this together. Yeah, especially against Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned comfort food when it comes to books. Mm-hmm. What's your comfort food book that you want to go back to over and over again? Oh, um, <laughs> I guess uh, a book that I always love to go to that you know I read at least once every year to 18 months is uh, Bright Lights, Big City by Jay McInerney. Oh, yeah. You know, the one thing I know about that book, because I've read it a couple of times myself, is it's one of the few books – it's written in second person. Yes, and that's one of the reasons why I love it. And, you know, it's got one of the best opening lines ever, which is you're not the kind of person who would be at a place like this at this time in the morning, but here you are. That's a heck of a first line that makes you go like, okay, I'm, I'm along for this ride. Can't say uh, I think the movie was that good, but the book is excellent. <laughs> well, I mean... Michael J. Fox. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've seen the movie many <laughs> times, and, you know... You know, they say that you know, Michael J. Fox had replaced Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future. Honestly, I think Eric Stoltz should have replaced Michael J. Fox in Bright Lights, Big City, because I could see him doing a lot of the uh, mm-hmm. things that are in that uh, book and uh, film. Well, that's so funny. Out of the 80,000 books in here, uh, we both kind of bond over mm-hmm. one, one of the same books. Um, but in general, what do you like to read? Uh, because I am a poet, I like to read a lot of uh I guess you would call it independent poetry, which, you know, th- those are the only new books that we have in Dunaway Books is we we support uh, indie authors. That's, you know, how writers get started. I mean, you know, the, the famous story that, you know, the only reason Ulysses by James Joyce got published is because the owner of Shakespeare and Company fronted the money for the book to get published. You know, we have, you know, a lot of great artists from, literally all over the country coming through to do uh, readings here. And whenever uh, they come through, we try to get their books because if they're not being you know, promoted by the big five publishers, you know, it, it's a, a steep climb uphill to try to get any sort of publicity. So we try to help them whenever we can. Well, before we wrap up, Daniel, I want you to give me a little, a little glimpse of this uh, 
door over here where there used to be a speakeasy. You see, there's another steel door there. On the other side of that, it was an elevator that would go up to the Dickman building across the alleyway. You started by going at the entrance to what was the Tower Grove Creamery, um, which was then a drugstore. And you'd come down through these catacombs because all these you know basements are all connected. Go through that elevator. You go up two stories and you go out a window. And <laughs> right above where um, the charter store is, that's where the speakeasy was. <laughs> How long ago was this? Uh, it was during Prohibition. So almost 100 years ago. I'm guessing since it was a speakeasy, it didn't have a name. Unfortunately not, no. <laughs> A uh, funny thing is, is that, you know, I've talked to uh, some friends of mine who had um, grandparents who were uh, actors in the North Grand uh, Theater District. And they have said, like, yeah, my grandparents probably came down here back then because it was kind of widely known that, you know, the actors of that area would they, they'd want to go to an after party, as artists tend to do after a show is over. And they would tend to go to whatever were local speakeasies. And since you are a poet, Daniel, uh, can you give me your best description of what is so awesome about reading books? You know, there's, uh, it, it's one of those things that's ethereal. It's just something you can't really put into words. You know, whether it's you know something fictional and you're just letting someone's story just kind of envelop you, or if you're reading, you know a poetry book and you're able to connect with someone who you've never met in your life who, and who may even have been dead for like 50 to, you know, hundreds of years, you know, there, there is a emotional connection to reading, whether it's, you know, reading about Washington crossing the Delaware or, you know, a- anything else, you know, beyond that, you know, to be able to connect to just, you know, human stories, fictional and non-fictional, you know, that's something that can't be put into words. Daniel Wright, Dunaway Books, it has been my pleasure to talk to you. My pleasure as well. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.